Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the DFS kickoff stream here on my YouTube channel. You can see we have some new digs. I have some new graphics. I am ready to roll this year with the DFS season. A little bit of a weird schedule today uh, because I am heading to Vegas on, uh, well, in a few hours, actually heading to the airport here. So this is going to be the typical schedule here. We'll be back. I got lots of questions asking if I was going to be doing the uh, spy bankroll challenge. We will be running that back. Although DraftKings doesn't have a spy out right now for uh, week one, which I don't really understand why. So we'll have to figure that out. They do have a spy for the showdown slate. So hopefully uh, they do release that. But yes, we will be reviewing lineups on Monday. Uh, I will also be doing showdown cram. So I had done these at the end of last year. I had started messing around with them. 15, 20-minute shows after inactives come out, talking through kind of the updated sims as far as run the sims, updated injuries, last-minute kind of ownership changes, and just getting us all ready uh, before we submit those lineups. We'll be doing those Wednesdays, of course, Lowell's with Brian. He's actually going to be joining me here in a little bit. Uh, because of my flight tonight, we can't do our typical Lowell's schedule time. So we're going to do a little special morning edition here. We can get Brian to release his Sims, perhaps, uh, if he's gotten around to setting up his week one model. And then Thursdays, again, another showdown cram for Thursday Night Football. Fridays, uh, my favorite show to do. Uh, we'll be doing those in the afternoons. Uh, GPP strategy show. and. Even though I'm going to be gone on Friday, I recorded one with Leone for this week. So that will release Friday at noon. We talked about kind of more macro stuff for week one and some of the edges and things we can take advantage of. We did look at the salary, some of the dynamics, and uh, how us as GPP players might be able to take advantage of that. So that video will drop Friday at noon. And then another new show I'm adding this year is going to be an exposure cram on Sunday mornings at 10.30. So this is going to be before inactives are released, but we'll have uh, a ton of information by then as far as practice reports. We'll have the Schefter bombs. We'll have late you know, ownership movement, all of that stuff. So I wanted to do kind of a show, huddle in there, talk about um, kind of where I'm at with my lineups, my, my targets, and all that good stuff. And then uh, you know, a final thing here, we do have the uh, private Discord channel running. It's the Run the Sims channel within the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Uh, if you are a member of the channel, you can upgrade your membership if you're a club VIP or randomizer royalty and get access to that channel. That link is down below. The name of the tier is Hand Builders in Opto Bros. And that's where we're going to be hanging out, brainstorming the slates. I'll be sharing my exposures, my lineups, the... Uh, Maybe not my exact lineups. I mean, come on. Uh, but you get the point. And uh, lots of smart people in there. And we'll be discussing those slates. The other way you can get access to that Discord uh, for free is if you become a Run the Sims uh, subscriber. So if you get a Run the Sims package, you also get access to that channel. Uh, included in that, you can get 10% off any Run the Sims package right now with promo code P as evidenced by that new graphic there. So I believe that is the housekeeping. Those are the plugs here. Let me check in on the chat. 
you doing a showdown show while in Vegas? No, that's kind of why I'm doing this one uh, right now, because I wanted to do a look at the slate, start looking at some of that pricing and maybe some early ownership. So yes, normally I will be doing uh, a Thursday night stream, not this week, because I will be in Vegas. If Spy isn't released, we, would you shift to the 75 end zone? That's actually what I registered for, for now. Um, I figure last year I would play, you know, a couple of the Spies, uh, a couple of the 75 and $50. So we'll do that uh, if not. I also created the Deposit Kingdom Listener League for week one. Apparently I made it too small. Uh, I made it 100 and it filled. Uh, my thinking is I hate having to promote uh, filling that. So I always start small. Next week, we will hashtag make it bigger. What up? No dunks. We going to get no dunks in the DFS streets this year? Which one is this? Is this Trey? Is this Skeets? Is this JD? Who is the no dunks here appreciating the DFS grind? We got to convert you guys to DFS grinders. We got you to become Top Shot Maxis. And now we will get you to become... NFL DFS grinders. This is where I find out if Lowell's is a serious DFS channel. You know what? Um, we will see. We will see. Maybe, maybe this is the year Brian, you know, is finally ready to start talking. You know, it took him about a year to admit that uh, avoiding duplicates in a lot of DFS contests was an extremely uh, overlooked strategy element. You know, he still is remiss to mention that. Maybe we can get more out of him. Um, that is correct. We are back, baby. We are back. Belair will be streaming randomly from Vegas with bad takes. We can look forward to that. We are going to Vegas uh, tonight. Myself, Belair, Pat Crane, Sam Hopp, and we're going to be there with Ship Chasing doing FFPC main event drafts. But I want to start looking at the slate here before Brian swings by. I'm going to pull stuff up over on Run the Sims. I know Justin has his first batch of projections in here and i thought we could talk through this uh together and see what we're looking at here as far as this slate is looking and uh let me get all set up here been waiting all year to talk us open dfs with you guys <laughs> I, I know we uh if there's one thing brian and i are good at it is disappointing uh when it comes to talking about actual specific dfs contest but we're going to do much better this year i i i promise we're going to fix that we are going to fix that here um and if you're looking for more like i said kind of week one uh main slate talk i did record with leone earlier this week and that uh is going to be uh the focus there sorry i'm struggling with my uh my screen share here so just give me one second here Head over to the simulator. Okay, we are. Let me get let me get the screen share so you guys can see what I'm I'm working with here. So what I've been using for just my and let me pop off this sidebar. Let's go to this. Here we go. So there's a few different things that I'm gonna be using regularly within Run the Sims. You know, the first is the classic uh optimizer and this is uh for the main slates but because i'm not going to be doing a lot of mme this year i'm going to be using this as a screener uh where i can look at this information quickly i i, I was able to get the color scale added to this and i talked about this a lot last year how 
I really simplified my process as far as the things I was looking at when I was hand building tournament lineups. And what I love now is that this screener has all of the information I want. So later in the week, we are going to get projected ownership, which is obviously the last piece of the puzzle as far as making very strong tournament lineups. We got our baseline projection. We have our points per dollar here to see who are the best values. We have our opto rate showing how much these guys are popping in optimal lineups. And then what I also love are these various tiers for looking at 50 percentile projection uh, as well as the projected ceiling. And really what I'm doing when I'm building my GPP lineups is I'm looking at basically three factors. I want to know ceiling. I want to know ownership. I want to know how often they're appearing in the, um, in the Sims. And then also just the points per dollar, you know, where are the good values? And so kind of using those three to four elements to triangulate the plays is, is really where things unlocked for me last year and, and came together. So I talked a little bit more about this uh, with Leone and specifically the week one slate, but this is where I'm going to be living this year in the screener. Um, I know we've been talking uh, in the discord a little bit about some other features, and uh, I am told we are going to continue to get enhancements and updates um, from an optimal or from an optimizer standpoint, I know one thing that we've been talking about um, is being able to do a macro stack settings when you run the optimal. Uh, one thing I like to do is see, okay, what's what are the optimal lineups if you do force a stack in a bring back? And so I'm told that is in the works. For now, you can click on individual games and then look at stacks within that game based on projection. So if I'm looking at Carolina here and I want to lock the quarterback and I want to make sure I want to see the best lineups with a Sam Darnold double stack here. And so then I can click find stacks and it'll show me, you know, my total salary used, my projected points and my projected points per dollar and give you kind of quick snapshots. So this is, I think a really good hand builder type tool because often we're trying to decide, you know, between these, you know, double stacks and, and who to go with on there. Do we want to toss in the running back? Do we want to go with the two wide receivers and say, I don't want to have Christian McCaffrey in there. I could go, uh, go zero on flex and I could make it two wide receivers instead. Then we get Christian McCaffrey out of there. Now we're looking at the dot DJ Moore and Robbie, the DJ Moore and Terrace, we can throw in some shy Smith who, uh, not on my radar, but apparently popping in the optimals. And uh, of course, Dan Arnold. So that's just a little teaser for the kind of stuff I'll be looking at to help me build my week one lineups. And then we'll head over to some, uh, showdown content here. Uh, six wants the answers to the showdown test. So yeah, I think, I think this will be a, a fun showdown slate. Uh, we're already starting to get some interesting news because uh, Chris Godwin is now dealing with a quad injury. I was reading up on that this morning. Reporter Greg Amon says that we're not really going to know until warmups what his status is going to be. I think it's kind of tricky because we have seen Chris Godwin play through injuries historically, uh, but never a great sign when you're heading into your first game of the season and not at full health. So I think there's some interesting dynamics at play. I believe the Cowboys are getting healthier at their offensive line. I believe there were some questions about availability there, but they got some good news. So I, I thought that that line was a little weird. I mean, I know the bucks are good, but you can get uh, the Cowboys plus eight and with Dak Prescott, you know, being all systems go, 
um that seems a little interesting to me so i'm gonna pull up here uh i'm now on the uh diy simulator i have selected the showdown captain mode game for this uh dallas tampa bay here and we can um there's different ways we can look at this you can see that this comes preloaded with uh justin freeman's uh projections and you can even see his assumptions here as far as market share catch rate all of that good stuff you can go in here and tweak if you want or uh you can trust justin uh who is going to stay on top of this and be updating this throughout the week but that's kind of what is so fun about this tool is that you can go in here and if you think he's too low on semi uh fioco you can go and change that so i kind of just want to dive right in and run the sims here and see kind of what we're seeing from an optimal results standpoint. And while we are running the Sims, I will bring in the Sim Lord himself, Brian Hooper. How are we doing, Brian? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Oh, why can't I hear you? Maybe I should put my uh, my headphones on. Oh, that might be it. Oh, no. Okay. I, I could hear you now, but for a second, I couldn't hear you. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm assuming my stuff's working. Yes. And, uh, you know, to make this feel feel like a real Lowe's episode, I, I did a couple shots before we started here early in the morning. So, Yeah, that's uh, one thing people don't know is Brian and I kind of have a pre-show ritual where we do rip multiple <laughs> shots before we go live, and it wouldn't be the same uh, without uh, doing that in the morning here. I'm, uh, I'm liking this showdown action. I saw you were giving away the dupe strategy again. Let's yeah, I, yeah. I was just I was giving away the dupe strategy. Uh, that's that's what we're avoiding. I was curious. Have you have you finally gotten around to updating your NFL model? No, still still working on it. I'm actually uh, working with uh, like a few coders too. So it's it's taken a while. I'm I'm up to I'm redoing my uh, prop sims. So hopefully I can like that make that a lot easier and I can get them updated with injury news and stuff faster. Yeah. And, uh, and, and hopefully that's still the sports books aren't, uh, as sharp yet on props and you can make some money on there without getting banned immediately. Yeah. Have you, um, uh, are you going to, you think you're going to max the showdown, the big, uh, $10 one on Thursday? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. I think, uh, I think I'm going to be more hand builder mode, uh, for showdown this year. I still want to get in the 20 max streets a little bit. I did have fun, uh, with that, but, uh, as far as tomorrow, I'm going to be in Vegas. So I think a single, single entry Pete for a, for a Vegas lineup. Yeah. It's tough. Week one is tough because, well, if you do it the way I do it anyways, like from the ground up, like you don't want to, uh, go too crazy because you might not have everything uh, everything lined up and uh but week one is also when a bunch of noobs are playing yep so you kind of want to like the first six weeks or so is probably the best time to play dfs for period. sure yeah i was reading um you know, I, I do have pulled up here the, um, this is uh, running the Sims here. So the red band is how much Dak Prescott is showing up as a flex play in the 5,000 Sims. And the blue band is how often he is showing as a captain. Um, so you can see those percentages there as far as flex and captain. One thing I would love, uh, Justin, this is the one nice thing about Red the Sims is I continue to be in their ear about things. It would be great to add the ownership column to this so we could compare ownership relative to how often they are appearing in the sim i think that would be helpful um 
Yeah, yep. probably both. Probably both uh, non non captain ownership and regular captain ownership. For sure, for sure. And I mean, we can we can then go and cross reference this to uh, to ownership. Um, Brian, I was reading this morning. ETR had an article uh, about some showdown strategy, and um, you know, Cody had mentioned like one even simple thing for uh, for hand builders would be just if you are trying to avoid duplicates to make sure you have one guy in there that's sub 10%. Now I know you're letting the math dictate that at all, but I mean, how do you feel about that? If you, you scroll down here, obviously this is just, this isn't their ownership percentage, but, but kind of forcing yourself to, to get outside your comfort zone with, with some off the wall picks. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically have to, I, I would look at it kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a bar chart, like where, the left side is, or just a graph where the left side is how many entries are in the, the, the GPP. So like the large, the larger amount of entries, the more unique you're going to have to get. So if you're hand building, but you're entering the $10 million dollar to first, whatever you got, you still got to get unique. You still got to get very unique. Now, if you're playing against, let's say a hundred opponents, you're, you're, it's going to, you're going to bring that way down. You're not going to have to go totally insane. Um, but I do like, I saw some of Cody's tweets and I like that if you're going to hand build, he's still doing it based off of, you know, uh, data research. Yeah. And so I think that's an excellent strategy for making whatever five to 20 lineups by hand is thinking along the lines of what, what he's talking about. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I would say like, uh, I registered for the red zone and the spy for the single entry on Thursday in the red zone, 1100 entries. So, I mean, that's still getting on the verge of like the, the, the most popular lineups are going to be duplicated there, but you, you're not having to go like backup fullback in, in that contest. Right. Yeah. Or like we would, we've had a couple showdown streams we've done over the last year and a half and we'd have like, tight ends in our lineup who are projected to get like 0.7 of a catch. You know what I mean? And, but it makes sense when you're playing against, you know, 300,000 lineups and you just hope he gets that, that one TD, but in the, uh, the smaller GPPs, it's not, it's not necessary. Um, but you know, there, there's, we probably, there's probably a whole bunch of new people, Pete too. So like just some simple, simple ways to think about this is you can see in the right column there, the salary, um, just anything under 50 is going to get you a little more unique. Like it's not nothing crazy where a lot of new players, they, they, they build lineups and they're like, Oh, I still have $300 left over. Let's see how I could spend this. And in something so dupe heavy, like, like showdowns, you know, just leave the 300, maybe even go a little lower. And then that, you know, along the same lines as the bigger the GPP, the more unique you want to get. And you can kind of combine it. So you throw in your 12% owned guy with 400 on, you know, and now you're kind of on the right track. Or instead of Prescott at captain, you go a little bit lower there. And now in your kind of, you know, 200 GPP to 1,000 maybe, let's say, or under, you're probably going to get unique enough. Because if you – if you aren't unique, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna split with 20, 30, 50 people, and um, it's not it's not gonna be a good time unless you want to like have a funny tweet about being a millionaire winner. <laughs> yeah, which which who doesn't want to do that, <laughs> Davis? Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
I, I do think that's a good point too. And like, also, you know, the whole reason we talk about that, the dupes and stuff is because these tournaments are so top heavy. And so you need to be solo or maybe shipping, you know, first with one other person at most to really realize your expected value. If you're continually building lineups where you're chopping with 25, 30 other lineups, it's going to be very hard for you to beat the rake over the long term, unless you're just really, really good. And there's just a significantly lower amount of combinations of, of lineups a lot less combinations. So just by that fact that there's only, I don't know, 12 player realistic plays on each team, um, that there's just not many common, there's just not many lineups you can make. And, and, and this is going on the crazy, crazy end is you could play guys who are like 0.01 chance, you know, catches projected. Yeah. And, and just, you just win with a, with a donut in your lineup by fitting in everything else. You know, I've seen people win with that strategy as well. Yeah, and you think about theoretically the relationship between salary and projected points is strong. Obviously, there's inefficiencies with the pricing. But in general, if you're leaving salary on the board, you're sacrificing projected points for uniqueness. And yeah, I'm, I still have best ball brain right now, but like a good analogy for that would be a lot of people don't want to have two players at the onesie position that have the same bye week. You know, you don't want to be taking a zero that week. And yet it's probably a very unique combination because you're going to sacrifice, say, the 25 points for that one week where your two quarterbacks have the same bye week. Not ideal to sacrificing 25 points. But if you're talking about unique pairings of quarterbacks that could win you weeks 15 through 17, you're sacrificing those projected points for a unique combination that could give you tournament leverage. And so that's, I think the push pull we're always trying to balance, right? Not giving up too much projected points, but giving up just enough that we're unique. Definitely. Yeah. I always simplify that by saying like, like, like whenever we talk about these kind of unique strategies, it's like, don't just shove a bunch of one percenters in your lineup. You know, clearly you don't want, like you're going to be unique, but you're going to be, you're going to win once every, you know, uh, decade or century, you know, with, with that lineup. So you definitely can't, you want a minimum, even in, even in the, uh, the large field GPPs. And cause there, there's a give and take, like at a certain point, like you need to get back some EV, like you, your ROI can't be zero or, or, or a bank, you know, like you have to like make some lineups that are going to give you back some money to play another day. And also to judging dupes is not, it's not an exact science. It is a science, but it's not like an exact science where I'm like, I know for a fact this is going to be 20. This lineup will be due 20 times where it might be, you know, 13 times or 27 times or something like that. And that, that, that type of thing matters. So like you're just kind of ballparking it. more. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, this is something Cody's also talked about a decent amount is this idea of most optimizers and stuff, if they are showing you ownership. Uh, they're showing you cumulative ownership mm. and kind of understanding that not all uh, ownerships are created equal. You know, two 20% guys is wildly different than a 35% and a 5%. Even though they both cumulatively add up to 40%, the one with the 5% is so much more valuable because there's just going to be way more combinations of the two 20% guys being duplicated. Yep. And if we add in the two other things I mentioned, like, okay, it's 40%, but one lineup's a 50,000 salary and the other one's a 49.5. The 49.5 is going to be owned a lot less. Or if you flip the higher owned guy 
from captain to a flex position, even though that the sum of that ownership's the same, the lower owned captain's going to be less duped. You know, same same th- same line of thinking. I'm curious on your thoughts on this because um, I'm looking at some of these optimal lineups and based on the Vegas game script with the Bucks as minus eight, you would assume that most hand builders would be pushed toward four two heavy Bucks builds or maybe the the classic three three balance because hand builders tend to gravitate to that as well. When I look at these optimal lineups here, we're actually seeing lots of Cowboys onslaught, and I'm curious how you would think about it. Like if I was tossing you know 150 into the mini max or whatever mm-hmm. i'm gonna assume i'm gonna run into a lot of these opto generated lineups uh, yeah. just because those are how those are being generated but then if i'm manually entering one into a single entry like the spy the spy that's a smaller field do you think that almost that could be completely the opposite in that people are going to be hand building more toward how vegas projects it that's 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 a that's a good question i don't know what the difference between uh like opto bros how many opto bros go into the single entries i imagine it's still pretty high because like me i just put one of my 150s in the single right but you might you might be right yeah it might be it might be more hand builds that you're gonna have to fight but let me comment really quick on what you said with the the uh cowboys onslaught yeah typically in in when I use an optimizer over the the past, the onslaughts you kind of have to force them. They don't typically pop up that early in the, uh, the like the the optimals. Hmm. So like, and it's I, I, and I think it's not a bad idea if you're going to build a whole bunch of lineups and then sort through them to force. Just generally speaking, forgetting about this specific game, force a whole bunch of five ones in there, um, and then force a bunch of whole four twos, and then let the optimizer and then don't force anything just to get a nice mix of, um, of, of different stack types in your sort. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the valuable things too, of looking at the kind of projected lineups is just getting a feel for what the popular construction is going to be on, on that slate. And you can tell with pricing why this might be happening in that, uh, where am I here? Optimal results. Um, just because Evans and Godwin are priced higher than both Amari and CD Lamb, you can see that be- their projected points are roughly similar. And so the optimizer squeezing in more Cowboys just because you're having to pay a premium to kind of decide which of these elite Bucks wide receivers are, is going to be the one that goes off. Yeah, right. It's definitely an opto. Uh, uh, what's it? It's just part of the math that an optimizer is going to spit at you no matter what. But I mean, I, honestly, I, I I don't hate that strategy. Just generally speaking, outside of this game, of 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 big uh, onslaught stacks and showdowns. Yeah, I, I we've talked about this, or, or we've talked about it with uh, Leone too on tilt space and stuff, and just about you mentioned how if you have your set of one fifty, that you're you're probably just going to drop one of those one fifty into the single entries as you kind of max enter there. If if you had an infinite amount of time for every slate, would you be kind of hand selecting or catering that lineup to the contest size? That's one of the things I'm trying to add this year. Yeah, okay. so you. that it's just not enough time, not enough tools to do that previously as as accurately as I wanted to. And kind of the general idea is what I said, you know, 10 minutes ago of uh, it's kind of this tiered strategy where, you know, a certain 
certain criteria fit better in in the in in different size GPPs, and it's pretty logical, right? You don't have to be as contrarian or as worry about dupes as much. The lower the amount of opponents you have, right? And uh, but you know, ownership is different in different GPPs. Like the higher dollar ones, the better plays are typically more higher owned. Um, and in the single entries, the ownership can get pretty wacky sometimes where you'll have super high own, uh, you know, positions and you can easily get like a guy who would be, you know, 12% owned in the Millie at like 2% owned in the spy. Right. Not because the guy's bad. It's just because it's, it's more, that's just the way that I think historically, you know, you, 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 you pay attention to the spy more than I do, but I think historically, the, a lot of times the spy can end up with some wacky ownership percentages or just, just, just high on certain guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, intuitively it makes sense, right? If you were playing a 10 man showdown contest with your buddies, the kind of plays you'd be making would be very different than a 100,000 person tournament. And so then the real question is, is how much are you getting, you know, massage, like if you're letting your sim do it, then that's great. But if you're trying to manually, you know, determine between a 5,000 person contest and a 7,000 person contest, the lines start to get pretty blurry there. Yeah. I'd say like under a thousand small field over a thousand to seven or eight is mid. And then over that, I would consider large field GPPs and then your outlier millimaker types. Mm-hmm would be in their own category kind of. So that's, that's how I think of it. So like, let's say 16,000 entries. Well, that's a, that's a large field GPP mm. seven, seven, five, four, that's mid. And then anything under a thousand, I would consider small. And I really don't think if you have a strategy for each of those, I really don't think it's going to matter if, if it's 800 or 550 opponents, right? It, that's about the same. It shouldn't matter too much. And I'm seeing, some chatter in the chat really quick with like if if you if you enter a ton of lineups like awesome or i do it's perfectly also it's perfectly fine to enter a different 150 in each 150 um that, that's what alex does um unless his strategies change and i haven't noticed but uh i i typically don't do that but i sometimes do that it depends this that's a little different than what we're talking about here, where we're kind of more targeting uh, the size of each GPP and then making smaller adjustments for each one of those. And and also we're we're you know this is kind of for like people who don't know as much as a lot of uh, DFS bros, right? Yeah, and I think too the kind of the I guess the takeaway that I'm getting at too is even though you could maybe get away with a more chalky lineup in a smaller field contest, you still probably want to be leaning toward a a contrarian play, a contrarian lineup, because, you know, we talked about this with the super small field, like the Thunderdome stuff. Like a lot of these guys are just putting in their cash lineup, their most optimal lineup. You can actually take advantage of, you know, less likely outcomes in bigger ways. Your payoff will be bigger. You'll lose more, frequently but you also finish first at a higher rate so it's almost like kind of counterintuitive where it's like it's smaller fields you don't have to be as crazy but you might be rewarded even more if you are contrarian yeah and and this is outside of showdowns but we put me and you played a yahoo thunderdome whatever theirs is their high stakes one last year and um 
and we swapped off of a guy, right? Because we knew what the other guy, we assumed we knew what the other guy was going to do and he wasn't going to switch because he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, and, um, that, did we win? I think we did, but, I uh, did, yeah. I can't remember, but anyways, yeah, the, you can get into a lot of hand, like, um, micro strategy. We did a whole episode. I can't remember which one it was, but like a micro versus macro. Remember that? Yeah. I'm kind of like the, the, the bigger strategies of like, we're like do like dupe adjustments and stuff like that and handling 150 lineups or do you put in 300 and two of your one fifties versus more of these micro strategies of, uh, of like adjusting uh, at the three o'clock central time. Anyways, news uh, for the second half of slates, looking at what your opponents might have if you're in a 10 man or 20 man GPP and adjusting for there. That's all, that's all easy EV. Another episode we did. If we were professional, we probably could list those episodes specifically in the show notes, but you're, we're not. So you're going to have to uh, go look at the history. One thing I want to ask you about too is, you know, we saw the field get so much sharper last year with showdowns. Like everyone is building lots of intuitive rules into, especially their optimizer batch, you know, quarterback use at least one pass catcher or one bring back yeah. yada yada not using two running backs from the same team etc but then that also can end up being some of our biggest edges if the field is all going there and you are forcing some weird things like i in a fantasy draft i don't want to take ronald jones and leonard fournette on the same team but in a showdown slate it could work out and be very unique so how do you think about kind of towing the line of leaning into correlations that have showed like a high R over time, but might make you more duplicated. So like there's, there's three ways, right? One is just to hand build. You have to figure it, figure it out yourself. The other, the other one is you have to trick the optimizer some way. You have to figure out how to make, get your optimizer to spit out, you know, the results you're looking for. And that could just be by groups you set up and force or, or, don't allow, or, you know, some of the advanced settings on these optimizers, you could do a whole bunch of stuff there. And then the third way is the way I like to do it, where you, you sim the whole thing out and it, and it, and it just like the correlations on run the Sims, it'll all be in there in the back end. Yep. That's, uh, you know, again, too, for, if we have some new people, you know, one of the things that when I even first started wrapping my head around Sims in the phrase that always stuck in my head that Brian said is it's very hard for us to keep track of all these variables in our head. Some yeah. of them are easier. Like we know when a wide receiver catches a pass, his quarterback is going to also be benefiting from that. Cause there's a direct correlation. Some of these are obvious, but there's so many of these other variables and how they impact the rest of the slate, the type of points that can be scored that we just can't juggle. And the Sims can take care of that for us. Yeah. We're thinking this is part of an easy EV versus hard EV. What edge do you have over the field? Think, I mean, like for the new people, this is going to be hard, obviously. So I would kind of stick to watching the streams, you know, getting a base. Hopefully you subscribe to one of these good sites and use their, the information, but you can't keep all these variables in your head, in my opinion. Um, but at least understand what's going on and then try to figure out, okay, what, what do I know? What am I doing? Like uh, example, Pete just said with like two running backs, I know for sure that's going to be pretty rarely owned. Is that right for this size GPP? Is this an edge that other people aren't doing? You know, just question. You're just asking questions like that. 
if you're not building from the bottom up, that's all you really can do. Yep. Um, card fan asking, can you talk through making tweaks to the settings for the RTS showdown sim? Are you only changing points, pace, etc., to account for different game results or changing prior player settings as well? So this would be changing it for, so bit, how I understand it is Justin is using his, you know, historical baselines um, and then will continue to update his model as the season goes, as we get more information about target shares, how offenses are shaking out, but you're changing this for the, the game level. Now I personally am not going to go in and tweak these. I do not think uh, IK better. I know better than uh, Justin in his model on this. However, I think that is what is fun. Like if you want to go in here and say, all right, he has Amari Cooper projected for a 22% target share lamb at 21%. Say I'm say I'm a lamb guy. I've been taking lamb ahead of Cooper in drafts. Say I want to flip that. I can then go change. I want to go 23 here and I want to go down here. But now notice what happened for a second there. I was over my market share. We can't have 101% market share. I got to get Amari back down. That's just a little tweak. Now, I don't think I'm smart enough or know about the overall play volume, how they naturally distribute to make that tweak, but you could theoretically make that tweak if you want. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I want to make as less as few decisions as possible. I I don't like making decisions, and I've made plenty of decisions playing poker for a living for a long time, and I want to make as few as possible. Um, I would, if I was going to make changes, I would make a game theory changes. Mm. So I'm not sure, uh, I'm not familiar, but he's got a point scored in there. If you change that, does that change any, any of their projections? Yes. Yeah. So if we, oh, for this one, yeah. like if we go, the Cowboys score 30 points. Yeah. I believe there's that no, should... there's no point total in there, but let's just say it does for a second. Hang on, let's let's test this here. So we okay. have Dak at 22.1 points here when I said 30. And now let me go back and let's say they score. Just do something crazy. Yeah, 10. 10. 10, 10 points. Um, it it didn't right there, but either way, you could still do the – Oh, I, I need to save it, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. I'm going to actually have to figure that out. It, it should though, because Justin was doing that for the season long projections and mm -hmm. it was updating based on like those assumptions, but sorry, keep going on your point. Well, let, let's, let's, let's assume it does, or even if it doesn't, you can do this manually. You could, you could download this, you could download the, uh, the projections and then, um, and then adjust is you could just, here's just like a game, like, okay, what happens if, the score oh, was here it, here. it did, Brian. So now it, okay. I put it down to 10 points and Dax adjusted down to 17.9. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. Perfect. So what happens if the, the, the flip the script? So leave the ownership and everything. Cause that's probably going to be close enough. Yep. And just say, uh, the, the other, the, whoever's favored is now the underdog and, or then run it where, okay, what happens if Dallas blows them out? What happens if yeah, 30 to 10 bucks. Yeah, these these are the type of uh, showdown situations you're looking for, as opposed to just on average, how does this this work? And um, and the fact that it's a simulation is great too. So, uh, yep. So I I do I think that's very very good advice from Brian, where you're tweaking the macro and not worrying about kind of the micro stuff. And you can go in here too. And I think even the rush rate. And, and stuff could be fun to play with because that's also making a game script assumption, which right. we're trying to, those are the game theory stuff where you're like, Hey, what if the Cowboys get up early, even though they're eight point and they just run Zeke the whole game. 
maybe their rush rates up at 60%. So you could say final score 30, you know, whatever, 34, 27, but it's actually Dallas coming back. They were down 30 at halftime. So then you could just up their, their, their pass ratio to 80% or something. Right. Right. And say, okay, in this game script, what happens? I'd much rather do that than go. I think, uh, you know, Godwin's market share is 26%, you know, because I'm such a football expert. You know, I think you're going to do much better on instead of those little marginal hard EV things of adjusting projections by 0 0.2, 0 0.4 and stuff like that by thinking more on like the game, the game theory level, like, well, okay, what happens here? What happens here? And then picking your, your 10 lineups, your 20 lineups, if you're hand-building. Yeah. And I mean, that's that kind of edge is the same for everything, right? It's like our specific player evals or or how we predict specific player performance is incredibly shaky on a season long standpoint, on a daily standpoint, weekly. It does not matter. We are not that great at that. We can use historical baselines and tendencies. But what we can do is try to create you know, narratives of how these games can go and then build structures and lineups that help us benefit when we are, you know, directionally correct. Sure. Yeah. Yep. It's and and I think it's all the edge is all is all this game, the game theory stuff. It's not it used to be 2017 is different. 2017, I would have been like, I can make I'm gonna make projections better than what's out there. And for the most part, I was right. Now, now, now it's it's not really worth it uh, unless that's your thing. Obviously, then keep doing it. I don't want to discourage anybody, but like, uh, it's a lot of work to get to to get Antonio Brown from twelve point eight points to his actual thirteen, which is the best that the DFS gods would tell us. Is no, it's actually thirteen. It's not like what? How much money is that going to make you over a hundred, a thousand slates? Like. 12.8 to 13.1 like it'll make you money it'll make you a couple cents but like it's a lot of work to get that right and it's almost to me like the advantage you're getting from that is just really understanding kind of how offenses are you know divvying up their production or where it's coming from and less about that specific number like you said it's more value if you're like hey I, I noticed a tendency that they're shifting more run heavy these past few weeks in these game scripts than they've been you know that's the more valuable thing versus i haven't projected for 19.2 instead of 18.4 points like that's not going to help you win no Here, here's here's where two spots where it would be uh one is halftime adjustments uh let, let's halftime on a sunday i'm talking about sorry forget showdown for a second say zeke zeke gets ruled out at a three o'clock game okay well you gotta get pollard's got a whole bunch more points. Now this is a clear and obvious advantage that people probably aren't going to adjust for, or if it's a noon game and Zeke gets rolled out, ruled out 15 minutes before kickoff. Well, okay. Now, now that knowledge and those, the, 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 the 10, 15 points more that Pollard's going to average that matters. Yep. Yeah. And I, I do think, uh, I don't want to necessarily discourage people from messing around in there because it is, it is fun. You know, like if, if you're like me and I, I really think Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke Elliott, it sure is tempting to go in there and start boosting Tony Pollard and throttling <laughs> down Ezekiel Elliott. But you can very quickly get into trouble because it goes to that thing where you can't have your cake and eat it too, where you're like, I only change this one thing that I, you know, have a very narrow lens on not realizing, okay, well now if Tony Pollard's getting more work, 
maybe that means we need to shave off some passing expectation from the wide receivers. And next thing you know, you have this trickle down effect where you're messing up the entire projection set. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, but like, Hey, Hey, uh, Elliot can get hurt. So if you run, you run him at three points and Pollard at 18 and then just look at it and be like, okay, what happens in these scenarios? I mean, that one's pretty easy though. I could tell you Pollard's going to be in all the optimals. <laughs> so like, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Uh, like, you know, you know, uh, siege also is, is notorious for the backup QB yep. injury uh, play. Um, yeah. So those things can happen, but they're rare. Well, it's funny. I was, uh, I was listening to Adam, uh, had Rufus Peabody on the ETR podcast, uh, and they were talking about his model and he was talking about how he had built in, you know, injury expectations, uh, into his stuff. I think he, he referenced, you know, quarterbacks generally have a 3%, um, chance of getting injured and, and leaving a game based on his data. And I think that's another interesting thing where you get into, you know, we might, we have our, our inclinations of, Oh, this guy's injury prone or not, but like, you can't do that on a micro level, but you can apply probably macro level inputs into your model to bake into, okay, running backs get injured at say a 5% rate. If quarterbacks get injured at three or whatever. I mean, so you can build that stuff in. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to get into, you could, okay. The, the spread for this game is what is the spread for this game? Thursday. Eight. Eight. Okay. How many, how often you could, you could figure this out fairly easily. How often, is it backwards? Is does the, the 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 team that's favored by eight lose by eight or something like that? And then you could go, okay, this happens. Let's just say, for example, five percent of the time, I'm gonna flip the the uh, total and then run run five percent of my lineups if that actually happens, and then take some of those. You know what I mean? You could build out your one fifty or your twenty, so it would be a couple of your twenty. Yeah. So like a couple of my twenty, I want this outcome. A couple of my twenty, I want this outcome. It- things along that line. And I think that is going to be kind of the powerful way to use uh, the kind of the run the Sims tools, just because I think it is a trap. You know, you, you we hear the, the bullshit from people. If I just had 150 lineups, I'd be fine. They're running median projections. They're spitting it out. They think they have the answers to the test, but that's, that's not how you do it. It's, it's playing and tweaking for these various scenarios and then building the best possible lineups for those. So I love that idea of going in and changing the macro inputs based on some ways you think the game might go differently than Vegas. Yeah. And, and let's not discount totally just the general big, you know, uh, intro strategy with using a simulation of you're comparing the optimal to the ownership. And, yeah. and if you, and if you trust your projections and the guy's optimal is, let's say 50% of the time he's in the optimal and he's only owned 28% of the time, you, you want a lot of that value in your lineups, right? I mean, that, that should, if everything's right, which it probably is pretty close you want that value in a bunch of your lineups. So you don't want to get, you don't want to get crazy. Like if you're going to, you know, try to get unique, it's probably not there that, right. with that guy. Now, if you think the ownership's wrong, that changes things, you know, which, which, which can happen. But for the most part, ownership's probably around like an 8.8 R point, somewhere around there point. Yeah. Maybe point. It depends on who's doing it. Yeah. The most of the ownership sets that I was looking at last year were, you know, for for showdown the ownership is even it's it's pretty dialed in uh it, it seems you know obviously you get some quirky stuff with the main slate and all that but just like the information um kind of i don't know meritocracy out there like just everyone has the information the inactives everyone's pretty dialed in unless you really don't know what you're doing 
You know, actually, I do have a, a pretty good piece of advice for Showdown on, yeah. on being a hand-building NFL fan, like a super fan. If you if you are like dialed in to that that team and you know like oh this guy has a chance of getting a catch near the red zone even maybe mm-hmm. a, a lot of times these projection sites they won't have that guy listed for any points at all and if he's listed for no points at all he's not going to show up in any of your optimizers so if you want to tweak there in a showdown that actually matters a large field one mainly but even midsize knowing yeah. that i don't know uh who's who's the saints guy true mount or whatever whatever his name Trout is man the, yeah yeah Troutman, and is he is he he might be even a starter now. i think they had injuries but i, I was i wasn't paying attention but you know what i'm saying like a like a yeah, second yeah. or third stringer guy and you know like no no he's he's gonna probably get a couple targets and no one knows this like i would go in there and then put him down for at least 0.1 fantasy points or 0.5 fantasy points or something yeah i think that's a, a good point and again you're talking about um, you know, the projection error on some of those, it's literally binary because it might be one catch for right. that player. So even it's though it might be unlikely that they even get a catch, if they do, uh, it completely changes their projection. If all of a sudden a guy goes from a zero to a 2.6 or he gets in the end zone and it's a 7.6, right. I mean, that literally flips a showdown slate on its head. Right. And uh, you, 7.6. At, at 0% owned. At 0% owned. Yeah, I think a good example, like another one would be like, so I just read this article. Um, the Chiefs are going to be running a lot more two tight end sets this year. Um, only two wide receiver sets. They like this guy, Blake Bell. Maybe, maybe you're saying like, okay, the secondary tight end here, week one, no one's going to have him. He's the guy. I put in there at low ownership, like that kind of thing, I think is what you're kind of referencing, right? Well, that, I mean, that Blake Bell would show up in a lot of optimizers even last year. Regardless. For, yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Which, and I'm, I'm saying that's good strategy too, but no, I'm, I'm like, I don't know the, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the rosters that deep right now. So like, it would be probably someone even more obscure than him, but you I hear, know, I can give it, cause I saw earlier, I saw Jalen Darden pop in one of these optimal. It looks like Justin has him for 1.8 points right now. One target, um, for 9.4 yards or Tyler Johnson. Like a good example is Godwin might be out. So you could have this one perfect. of these really randos. Yeah. Let, let's say Tyler Johnson had zero, Yeah, but you know that Godwin's going to go out. Like you could be like, Oh, okay. I could throw, take a chance, put him in for, for a couple targets. Um, and no one else has them in the large field GPPs that that could win you one. Yep. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess in the, in the more tangible thing here, um, you can see right now, like some of these wide receivers projected for no market share, target market share. So this is where you could go and kind of bully the optimizer. And like, right. I've been reading the practice reports and Steven Goodery, man, he's, he's going to be on the field in some of these. <laughs> and so I'm going to give him a 1% market share just to get him in the optimizer. Yeah. 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 Right. Or if you're like a super fan, you're in the city, listen to the talk radio and you know, the injury reports and you're like, I think Jarwin actually might get some end zone. Uh, looks this week or something like that and here's another way you can like kind of back test it is like just go back and look at like slates and be like it's hard to do at the beginning of the season and you, it's hard to remember last season but you know what? maybe during the middle of the year do this where you look back and you're like i had i had this guy at zero and he get, and he won someone a, a slate he had a, you know like is that is that is that me is that just complete luck um 
you know, why did this projection source I use not have this guy in there? Like you, you, because it, it, it'll happen where you'll go, random guy gets a a, a a showdown touchdown, and then you go back and look at your stuff and you're like I had him for nothing, I had him for zero, and and you could look throughout the industry, some sites, some projection places might have them in there for for a couple targets, and some just will have them for none, nothing. Yeah, and, and this is definitely week one, these first games. It is, if you have a hunch or a lean, it's definitely time to take advantage of that. Like an interesting one to me is the Cowboys tight ends. You know, Blake Jarwin got injured last year. Dalton Schultz played well down the stretch. Heading into this season, both in kind of like season-long drafts and you can tell by Justin's projections here, it's everyone's kind of just like shrugging and saying, I guess it'll be a 50-50. You know, in the preseason, they were each playing a similar amount of snaps. But who knows? Maybe we come out week one and one of these guys has a much bigger market share than the other. Like if, if you have a read on that situation, you know, take advantage of that now because what, once we get three, four, five weeks of data, we're going to have a pretty good idea of how this split is, is regularly shaking out. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a lot of guesses going on in the beginning of the year. Um, Nick loving a midday lulls. Only thing that could be better is a Vegas Dave appearance here. Uh, Brian, it is a treat because Brian, you were had uh, one of the best guest spots on my Friday GPP show last year. That was the infamous release the Sims, the KC New York Jet Stack. Morning Brian is where we get you giving up the goods of strategy. It's lulls where you're just like, you know, kind of constantly flipping off the camera. Well, I've, lulls is, in my opinion, a gambling podcast. Uh, yeah. And a podcast where just two guys talk or two people talk. Yes. Where it, the like your your show, I was participating in your show how, where it's like specifically for football for that Sunday slate. You know what I mean? So, and I've, and I volunteered to, 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 to do that. So yeah, it's different. Like I think they talking about Vegas Dave on a run that you know what I mean, like a a Sims episode makes no no sense at all. I'm sure this man that guy's never ran a fucking sim in his life. <laughs> See, right? If I, if I make the switch over to our Lowell's branding now, <laughs> now, now we can talk about Vegas right. Dave. All we we want. get a white claw. Here, now, <laughs> now go get a white claw. We yeah. get our shots. It, you know, before I forget what we were just talking about with that backup guy stuff. Yeah. Showdown only. Just to showdown only. that is meaningless on Sunday. Like if you're playing for that type of that talk about like going to contrarian, there's so many combinations way before thinking about the third string tight end. And it just matters in large field showdowns. That's it. Yeah. Are there any, you know, more looking toward main slate week one NFL? Are there any, I don't know, macro trends that you're kind of interested in things that you want to do differently from last year? Um, you know, obviously we have some concrete differences of having a preseason this year compared to last year. I think we have maybe a little bit more data on these guys coming out of the gate, but, but how are you thinking about this season? No. So it should just, it, it's going to be my end of year sim mm -hmm. for starting, starting fresh this year. Exact same, exact same thing. Um, just hopefully dialing it in more accurately. It's hard to explain that without like, yeah, showing you what I do exactly. But yeah, just the same thing. I, I mean, cause if, in my opinion, you know, a lot of people disagree, but I think, you know, Sims is, is the way to go. And the closer you could dial it into reality without blowing up your computer, you know, from processing power and or taking too long uh the 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 more ads you have so you start your sim and you just keep building on it yep 
Yeah. If, if you're, and there's nothing wrong with, with, with these hand building things. And especially if you're doing it sharp, like, like, like some of the tweets Cody was sending out yesterday. Like if you're, if you're hand building those strategies, doing small fields, making these adjustments Sunday at halftime, you can get an edge. Yeah. And I, to me, I want to be marrying these two things. I want to use these Sims as my guardrails to point me in the direction of the most likely outcomes. And then as a hand builder, you know, then using a little bit of that finesse on situations where you think you might have maybe just a teeniest bit of an information edge. And then just again, making sure that you are within those bands that you want to be where you do have that low owned guy to make sure you're avoiding the duplicates and, and doing that stuff. So that's what I love as just even a hand builder here of just being able to use these inputs, change the assumptions, see the type of lineups, what kind of thing. Okay, this is when I changed it to a big Cowboys win. And now we see we're getting just all of these five ones right. in that scenario. Like just having a really good feel for it because it is ultimately a math game and we can type in the different things and then see what this is kind of, you know, showing us the answers ahead of time to the test if the game goes exactly like we are predicting with an input assumption. Well, slightly, I would, I, I would, I agree with that. But like, since it is a simula simulation where all these outcomes are are coming in, you know, with within a distribution, yeah. there will be some of those outcomes anyways that we're kind of forcing in, anyways along that bell curve or uh, uh, whatever the distribution shape is. So, like, you will have like a five percent outcome of the 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 uh the cowboys score 40 the the bucks score zero gotcha with, even within and just without touching anything right I, it's yeah. really just kind of forcing that in to see more like what it looks like or you like really want five percent you know this happens five percent of the time so i want to take five of those lineups from a a fourth sim of this of the of this game script right yep that no that's a, a much better way to put it um Chris mentioning, did we address the whistles tweet from Brian? So I saw your tweet. I was busy this morning. haven't got a chance to watch the video. Um, I kind of feel like we should just watch it right now. Is, is it worth watching? Now, now we're going low style. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, as I'm pulling this up, Brian, do we have an update uh, on our friend uh, Mizzle Fries? Is he heading to uh, the live final this weekend? He got he got the information from me and uh, haven't haven't heard from him since. Okay. Uh, he also has his Lowell's gear. Uh, I got the shipping confirmation, so that's on the way as well. So hopefully uh, he's all squared away of, of heading to uh, the live final as Brick75. Yeah, he's in contact with DK, so he should be good to go. Okay. All right. I am going to share this because uh, I am now very excited to uh, to watch our friend. Oh, he's watching. There he is, man. What's up, buddy? Oh, there he is. Preparing to go now, all caps, ready for launch. Matt Hudson, have a, a great time. Excited to report back. Um, I, I'm. Did your Lowell's gear make it? I saw the shipping confirmation the other day, but that might have been cutting it close. Um, here we go. I'm David Bergman, a.k.a. Whistles Go. Woo! You cannot play and succeed without understanding the game and understanding the sports. It's impossible. Sure, analytics can help anybody, and I'm sure all the top players are using their particular form of analytics, right? And different people specialize in different things. I would say that the way that I think about playing DraftKings is the same way that I conduct my personal business as well. Take big, big shots at any point that you feel like it's gonna be good. 
If it misses, fine. You shot a ridiculously long three-pointer and you missed. But you're also going to amaze people when you throw a three-pointer from five to ten feet behind the Woo! Dude, this is the the two-faced persona that the whistles go woo like this is like some you know mass like marketing you know scheme like public relations he 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 literally is playing a different character in these videos yeah yeah listen he is a dk operative i think he, he's, he's a plant like they created him they uh, created in a him, lab yeah. for marketing <laughs> That is it. That is incredible. Did you get approached to record any footage for like that for this? No, no, of course not. What what the hell, DraftKings? I mean, and, what the hell? And nothing on uh, can't make the world the World Cup team. No Central Division. Why do you think it's because DraftKings just views you as too much of a liability? You're just a loose cannon on this lull show, and they they can't be tethered to you. Probably. <laughs> they just don't get, care. They, they just don't care. They don't care. Uh, I mean, come on. I, I want to see Brian's version of that video up there. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to think. I'd definitely do something sarcastic. You need, or what if you just, this is, this would be hilarious, Brian, if you like everything you said was just a quote from a Vegas Dave tweet, <laughs> but you like presented it. He was like, you know, all whale plays all the time. We're going 50 and 0. And just, <laughs> just present it as you, though. I was that was what I was thinking about. It's definitely quoting Vegas Dave. I got some uh I got some uh a pep talk from my buddy Whistles, you know. <laughs> uh well, there you go, Matt. We are uh be sure to tag us in uh some photos. It looks like you have a plan uh, oh, all right. for your Lulz gear, maybe maybe a little homemade Lulz gear here. Um, but have a blast. And uh, Brian, anything uh, else uh, on your mind? Any other week one hot takes, you know, to uh, get us centered here? That's more Friday, Saturday. This is early. This is uh, you got to be a professional YouTuber for getting it done this early. Yes. Um, I, I know it's, uh, we're a little ahead of it. Like I said, I will be back on a, a more regular schedule next week uh brian and i will be i know brian and i've been all over the place with with lulz lately but we'll get back in our wednesday at 8 p.m eastern uh definitely get subscribed as well uh we have the itunes and podcast version if you prefer lulz in audio format but i don't know why they wouldn't want to look at us brian well that's a good point <laughs> uh we're and we're i think our next episode we're trying to gonna we're trying to do a sports betting 101 i kind of want to make a like a go-to Somebody asks us a question, we just point right to it. Yeah, and we're trying to we're trying to get uh, an expert on. We don't have him booked. I think we we got him, but I'm waiting until we book it to uh, to announce who we're gonna have. Hopefully, we can do that next week. Maybe a week after. Yep. Uh, I am speaking of betting, I'm tracking my bets this year on BetSperts. I have the link down below. I'm kind of terrified, Brian, because, uh, mm -hmm. I, I very much know I can't beat sides. Um, but we're, we're going to put ourselves out there. We're going to see how it goes. I am looking forward more to getting in the, the prop streets though, uh, with the betting and stuff. So, uh, I am, I'm going to become a little bit more of a better this year, Brian. If you bet sides to take away, to take away, um, attention to your prop bets, that's the way that you, you know, you're going to lose, but what are you going to do? I mean, you might, you might win for a season or something, but 
eventually eventually going to lose but if you if you don't get banned right away that's you know you're paying you're paying to play yeah and it, i mean it's still frustrating for me in mass we don't have the legalized betting so i just still don't have access to the books uh that i want to have access to which is just massively frustrating cuz i continue to see all these you know dk props they have a lot of good stuff up yeah. and a lot of the offshores are very slow with kind of getting up their their props and stuff you know you know what i want too might as well say it publicly is someone to create software where i just click a button like roto tracker and it takes all my sports bets puts them in a database so i could see how i'm doing um or actually with my prop bets i have an api i can feed to some software somewhere and track it for me i assume that's that's a, a feature, not a bug, right? They the sports books in general don't want you to know how you're doing. That's what I've I've read and I've been told is yeah. they yeah, they don't they want to make it super easy to know that you you suck at sports betting, you can't beat sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. But it is it is frustrating. I've I've heard top sports bettors lament that as well. That the the tracking is just awful, especially too when I mean you you basically just have to be manually grinding this in your own spreadsheet and that that's tough when you're on all different kinds of sports books you, yeah. you it would be great to have something to to aggregate all that yeah i just don't do it yeah yep and even like I, i'm tracking my bets on bet spurts they have them for all the lines and stuff are easy to track but the prop bets are are still hard really hard to track because that that would be more manual entry and and all of that stuff so yeah. i don't know with the with the explosion of sports betting you would think brian in a couple somebody's years, gonna happens. do it yeah. yeah, I really wish they'd they'd go. They're not gonna, but go to that that more poker DFS model of you know some people are going to be winners. You know, promote them, let tools out there for everyone else to use too. You know what I mean? Like, make it more like, hey, you can win at this friendly, and here's some tools that are you know will allow on our site to track betting and stuff. I'm not holding my breath that that'll happen. And you know, we've we talked about on the show the. Uh, the peer-to-peer kind of like sports bet betting pools and stuff uh, is probably more likely the direction they go if they don't eventually if they're not banning us all you know on these <laughs> sites. I know um, seriously. Um, let's see. Oh, Andrew is asking. Uh, oh no, this one. Are you guys playing in the OTM TOC stuff? So I did uh, participate in the drop yesterday. I know they're still manually processing some of these transactions. I have started to see some of my cards. Hit my OpenSea account. Um, this has to be one of the worst possible cards, the Jets <laughs> DST uh, for the year. Uh, I did get a couple that were intriguing to me. I love my Jags wide receivers, so that's fun. I like Miami wide receivers, so that's fun. Uh, and then I got uh, Chicago QB and Green Bay QB. So getting Rodgers and potentially Fields is fun. So these were my individual cards, and then I have some packs that still need to get distributed. But yeah, I'm... I'm excited about it. I think it's. Um, I didn't. I helpful. didn't even know that what that was. Did you? I, I, I need to do that. You yeah. You need to do that. I think it's it's going to be fun because there's two ways to play it. So basically, you submit a lineup each week with five cards: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense. Their packs came with one of each, so you could just submit a starting lineup. And then they are having you know tournaments that are free to enter with your cards. So there's the element, and then you get the entire position group. So you get kansas city quarterback you get 49ers running back you don't have to worry about which one you just get the right. whole points and then to me the fun strategy element so there's that you know putting your lineup in there's kind of gpp strategy everyone's going to use K 
KC quarterback, Bills wide receivers. So how do you get leverage there? And then there's also the element of playing the schedule and getting out in front of position groups that might be, you know, looking up or they just hit a hard part of the schedule. And then you can trade those in the open sea marketplace. So you can, if I get a few great weeks of the Dolphins wide receivers, I don't like their schedule. I can go and flip that. Um, and then the final kind of strategy wrinkle is Thursday night uh, performances are included in the Sunday slate and you get the benefit of that knowledge of deciding whether you want to use those points um, in your, in your lineup. So the element will be say the bucks wide receivers go off tomorrow night. I assume they're going to pop in the marketplace because people will want to buy the known kind of commodity points. So I think getting out in front of Thursday night, uh, positional groups, and then using that as a flipping opportunity in the market will be, will be fun as well. Cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. So, uh, I know they, they, they had, uh, the drop itself, uh, yesterday went well in that it sold out within five minutes. I know they're having to batch trans, uh, batch or sorry, individually process a lot of these transactions. So there is the delay on that, but I've been hanging out in the discord and they expect to have that sorted out here within the next day or so. So you will get all of your cards in time to uh, submit a lineup. Um, Brian, are you, uh, I assume you have a lot of work to do on your, your NFL model over the next couple of days. Yeah. So like I said, it, um, it's mainly, uh, working with coders at this point. And if that doesn't get done, then I'm back to the exact same thing I had last year with no upgrades. So either way, it's not the end of the world, but, um, hopefully if that uh, does all get sort it out it'll it'll save me some time and hopefully be a little bit more accurate yeah for sure and uh, i'm also excited once i kind of settle in and get in the rhythm i i do want to for i mean last year you were really good about reminding me hey get over on yahoo you know come over and play on super draft so that i want that to be a focus this year you know for our tilt space lineups we'll be doing the kind of the bigger small field stuff on dk but I want to push myself uh, to hand build some of those lineups on those sites where it's just softer. Yeah. Especially if you're going to, you could do cash game on those. Yeah. And so for you, that that's definitely a place you want to look as opposed to like cash game on, I don't know, DK or something. Yeah. I would definitely, I would definitely consider it. And you know, if, if you want to, or if people want to, we can, we can do uh, a couple actual sim shows or something on a Friday or something or whatever, whenever we, yeah. non rolls. Well, yeah, NFL. I, I love that. And I'm, I'm going to be booking weekly guests for my Friday show. And I think we should just plan on bringing you on a couple times for that this season. We can do kind of a special Friday uh, sim GPP strategy show. Yeah, perfect. That works. The, the contest that I have to win, Brian, and I'm mad that I didn't get more entries in. Did you get any in the uh, the CryptoPunk contest on DK? Well, did it already fill up? It, it filled like a week ago. It filled oh very quickly. Oh, my God. No, I didn't. I, I assumed there would be overlay or something. That's crazy. Well, it's funny because there what wasn't there a little overlay the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then I we think. saw the other CryptoPunk run up and everyone's like, yeah. I'm entering in this. Well, now, well, now how to, well, I guess not with CryptoPunks, but with crypto in general, just tanking yesterday or past day and a half. It's, it's, <laughs> the whole thing's insane. How much, I mean, DK, like, I, I guess I don't necessarily know kind of the regulatory issues with this but if they allowed people to deposit in eth you know or you know bitcoin 
I know no one wants to let go of their Bitcoin, but people are so used to transacting in ETH now that I know. I, you could get some people coming in and firing if you allowed ETH deposits. Yes, I know. I, I mean, do, it would be smart, right, for DK to do that, if, if assuming it's legal, because if you could, OpenSea might, might end up being that, you know, like, because wouldn't you think like Top Shot would blow up if they threw Top Shots on OpenSea? Yeah. And you just fire ETH at it? Well, that's the thing. Even people are saying even just a short-term Band-Aid fix, like display the prices in ETH on top. Sure. Because there is, it is crazy. People have said it. I'm not the first one to say this, but there is such a disconnect between seeing a US dollar price and an Ethereum price. It truly feels like fake money at times when you're staring at ETH. Yeah, like a casino or something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That... But they're on the flow chain. But yeah, I mean, I I'm all for that. Yeah, them doing anything smart <laughs> would make me happy. Yeah, I mean, well, we were joking yesterday with you know Andy. Uh, you know, he had a little bit of cash on his underdog account, and uh, you know, we're trying to get him in a big dog. And, and I guarantee Andy would have just waltzed in there and fired a few big dogs if he could just do a quick ETH deposit. Like right. you know, some of these guys are that, that are you know so heavily tilted uh, towards ETH. Uh, they we need this for them. It, I mean, it, it could be wrong, but yeah, like the 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 Tom Brady NFTs on DraftKings, all those Osaka, all those. If they were in ETH, I think it'd be different. Yeah, and and it it's getting it's getting to the point. You remember Bitcoin back in, you know, whatever five years ago, seven years ago, people were like they're never gonna know what how much Bitcoin, and they're never gonna type in Bitcoin. It's like, well, ETH is kind of getting to that point. I know it's younger. Yeah. Although uh, Zero Hedge reported 18% of Americans have NFTs, it seems insane that that can't be right. But like, there's still a lot of people who are like, yeah, it's one ETH. It's like 0.7 ETH. You know, oh, I can get to do it for 0.1 ETH. You know, like <laughs> yeah. everyone knows. And like, it doesn't matter if it goes up a thousand or down 800 or something. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's like 0.1, 0.5. Yeah, it it is it is messed up. Like it going after some of these, you know, mint drops, you know, in the past week where I I, I literally spent eight hundred dollars in gas fees. And like just imagine me like going into a sneaker store and buying a really nice pair of sneakers and they're like, all right, it's two hundred and fifty dollars for the sneaker, um, but you will have to pay eight hundred dollars as a processing fee. <laughs> I would laugh and walk out of the store, and yet with Ethereum, I'm like, okay. It's it's crazy. <laughs> And you do this thing too. It's like, oh, it's two hundred and thirty dollars gas fee. Like, oh, I'll wait. And you wait like an hour. It's like two eighty. You're like, yeah, fuck it, I want it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I did mention underdog one thing. So I did just get word. Uh, the twenty five dollar deposit bonus is ending on, I believe, September thirteenth. I believe there's five days. It's going to be changing uh, to something much lower. So if you haven't signed up for Underdog, uh, even though Best Ball season is winding down, they're going to have their pick 'em. They're going to have uh, their rivalry contest. They even have these uh, mini drafts for uh, the specific slate. So all kinds of action. You can get a free twenty five dollars with promo code Pete. Ten dollar deposit, free twenty five dollars. So make sure you lock that up before the promo is going away here in five days. Brian, I. Oh, what are you going to say? It looks like DraftKings not going to give away a million best balls this year, right? They're, they're not flooding the market. Are we getting some good overlay there? I don't. I, I was going to look today, I guess, and then fire a couple today and tomorrow before the season starts. Yeah, the place on underdog to get overlay is uh, probably the big dog. It's up to it's at eighty four percent. So you could mm. potentially see there. Um, 
one of the best payout structures on underdog with a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, forty thousand, thirty thousand. So if you were waiting to fire a bullet and want some overlay, um, you can hop in uh the big dog there. Um like I said, I will. I have a week one kind of strategy GPP preview with Leone that'll go up on Friday at noon while I'm in Vegas, so you can look forward to that. I will be back on Sunday morning, going to do a little live show, you know, talking about exposures, ownership, all of that stuff as it's changed over the course of the week. Um, I'm kind of flying blind right now on ownership. I, I know some generalities of where I think people will be, but man, week one, Brian, is always feels like the wild west for ownership. Yeah, it'll tighten up. It'll tighten up. And uh, yeah. once you get get to Sunday a couple hours before lot, the the sites will start updating it and it's it's week one. Yeah. But as long as you're getting as long as you're getting, you know, seventy percent accurate, yeah, yep. good enough. That's right. Um and I, I also need to like get out is because I'm looking at like all the rookies that I've been in second year guys I've been drafting, uh, especially the rookies in the best ball tournaments. They finish strong. They can be the league winners. Uh, but this is week one. And so it's going to be really hard for me to not just be like, oh, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, all these rookies I love who uh, might not get off to the fastest of starts. I got to get back in DFS brain. <laughs> it won't take you long. Yeah. It's not that different. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, guys, appreciate you hanging out. Thank you for uh, coming by for this hodgepodge DFS slash lulls kickoff stream. Excited for a big year on the channel. As I mentioned, um, if you guys want access to the private DFS Run the Sims Discord in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, you can become a member here. Or if you sign up for Run the Sims, if you like the tools you saw earlier, you can get 10% off any of the packages uh, with promo code Pete. Uh, they are my... Uh, presenting sponsor my tool sponsor all year very excited to work with them brian any final plugs here before we get on our way um no pod uh we're gonna put this up on a pod i'm assuming pete yeah i'll, I'll, I'll cut out me rambling at the beginning and give you uh the, the lulls portion okay <laughs> uh so yeah pod will be up so we'd appreciate if you subscribe to that and then hopefully next week we'll be back at eight with a sports betting episode yeah, we're uh, we'll get we'll get back on it. We were trying to pull that off, but with the early uh, schedule this morning, it was a little tougher to do. But we'll get back in the saddle with Lulz. Uh, thank you guys. Have an awesome week one. I will see you on Friday from the past, and then I will see you live on Sunday morning. Peace. <laughs>